Welcome to the Door to Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Emily Green, and I'm a psychic medium. This podcast is a place where I take you through the door to spirit. We talk about all things esoteric, spiritual awakening, psychic abilities, developing intuition, signs from the spirit world, and I may even throw in the odd reading or two. So sit back, take a nice deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Door to Spirit podcast. Welcome to episode six, I believe. Um, Today, I have a very, very special guest. I have my friend, Nadia Gabrielle. Uh, Nadia and I probably got connected online I guess it was about maybe six to eight months ago now, and we became fast friends, bonded by our shared love of witty banter and telling each other jokes back and forth about all things spirituality, astrology, um, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So I knew from the very moment that I met her, I said, this is a girl that I will have on my podcast one day when I have a podcast. And so... She's my second guest on the podcast, and I'm so happy and excited about that. So Nadia is um, a practitioner who works with the subconscious, specifically subconscious reprogramming um, and energy psychology. On her website, her tagline says, new beliefs, who dis? So that was the moment that I fell in love uh, with her. So I know that you'll enjoy this conversation. We talk about Nadia's spiritual journey and her experiences so far, what led her to doing this work with people all over the world. We talk about um, sort of the subconscious mechanism of repressing intuition, self-trust, feeling stuck when we're kind of in a loop of subconscious beliefs, all of these kinds of good things that I'm really excited for you to hear and listen in on this conversation today with Nadia. So let's get to it. Um, Sort of with you giving us a little idea of your of what has brought you to be the person that you are today and Mm. doing the work that you're doing today um yeah tell us your story I want to hear um okay and first of all just thank you so so much for having me I'm so excited to be here and I feel so honored to be on this wonderful podcast yay we're so happy to have you too (laughs) okay the story so I mean if we want to go way back like way way back it's um Yes, <laughs> take us back. So the year is 1994. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, not kidding at all. <laughs> I guess that was like my first thing. Um, yeah. If I think about, you know, the, my spiritual journey or, you know, just the things that got me to where, to where I am today or the, my life trajectory, it really did start quite early. Yeah. Um, when I was about six or something and my mom brought me along to her tarot course week after week because she couldn't get a babysitter. That's so amazing. I was very into it. That's and I helped her study and everything. So you've been reading, you've been like in the, in the tarot since like very, yes. you know, like since you were, yeah, six years old. Brilliant. And to this day, like when I have something, my mom will like, do you want me to do the cards? <laughs> like that's our, our first thing that we'll do. And, um, you know, just in general, my upbringing, more alternative or spiritual practices, it was just a very much a normal thing. Yes. So um, 
you know, going to see a psychic with the toads fine. No one raised an eyebrow. Really? That's, yeah. that's so cool. So did you, you won't, but how old were you when you went to your first psychic? Um, I was probably a bit older, but I remember my mom and my aunts going to see a lot of them. Um, I think I was probably maybe 18 or 19. Okay, gotcha. But I for sure did a lot of, um, you know, at the time considered more out there things. I remember one of our family outings was just like, like a casual fire walk. You know, when you go walk, <laughs> go into the woods with a shaman and walk on a <laughs> Like no big deal. You know, other families go to brunch or mini golf. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was, it was always um, a part of, part of me, I guess, that I didn't have any big barrier um, yeah. to that world. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, and then I, a little later, I discovered yoga or asana rather at first, and that led me on the path that I'm still on today. So <laughs> my initial plan, and it's funny, just thinking about it, I can have thought about it in a while. My um, initial plan after school was to take a year off and go to Oxford to get like the highest um, um, English as a foreign language diploma that you can, wow. <laughs> can get. And um, that had been the plan for a long time, like I was working towards that. And then for some reason, very, very shortly before I was supposed to go, I had this, like my inner compass was just like, no. <laughs> take that catalog of all these schools around the world out again and have another look and like just keep turning the pages um and I ended up going to Costa Rica uh, I was 18 I went for a couple of months all by myself wow. um and it was it was wonderful I learned to surf I learned to dance I learned Spanish and I found my first teacher mm. and that was really you know the beginning of, of a few years of really intense um seeking that led me all over the world so then from costa rica i went to cuba cuba <laughs> can never <laughs> pronounce it correctly um and then from there i decided to go to india um you know this i then found a bunch of sketchy af ashrams online i love the story <laughs> do not recommend um and again this is like 2008 um so facebook was barely a thing and we didn't have that digital infrastructure right that we have now in terms of um assessing whether something's legit mm -hmm. so i truly just took a plane and i had no clue what i was in for um and so i spent two months at an ashram in the mountains to study yoga and yoga therapy and ayurveda and just learn and Mm -hmm. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. Um, problematic, uh, different parts and, you know, different layers as always, but really, really cool thing for me to do. And then there I met this really cool woman who's now one of my closest friends, Vanessa. And she and I ended up going on this crazy journey through India. So it's like south to north, back to the south. Um, it's wow. very special. It's, and, uh, yeah. It sounds like a passage out of Eat, Pray, Love. Totally. And it was, I, you know how many uh, copies of Eat, Pray, Love I picked up on that trip? Everywhere we went, I was like, yeah, I'll read this again. Sure. <laughs> it's relevant to my current experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Um, and that actually, just remember, that was where I had my very, very first human design reading on that first trip to India. Mm, 2008. Uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I researched in 2008 and went in January. And, um, it's so funny. It was just so random. Like our guide and Varanasi took us to like his, his brother's nephew's, you know, cousin's fortune teller, and he did our charts. Um, yeah. And then you first discovered you were a projector. Um, no, he totally didn't give us the languaging around it whatsoever. Oh. I only later discovered that it was actually a human design reading because it made sense by you know the information he was giving me and using. Oh. And I will say he also lacked. The, the bedside manner a bit because <laughs> I mean you know as you know a big theme in my life for example and I know Emily that you would be able to break this down so well and and um in a much more comforting and empowering manner but um, a big theme for me is struggle mm. and you know basically overcoming struggles in a meaningful manner so that I can then support people from that place of experience which this I can accept, but for him, it was like, oh, your life is basically going to suck. Wow. <laughs> Which at that point, I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this reading. With this guy, I'm out of here. So I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that. And then after that, I did the whole Southeast Asia thing, doing more yoga, studied um, Thai massage and Thai yoga in Northern Thailand, which is amazing. Mm. Went to the Philippines and then to Bali first time in Bali, um, immediately fell in love. And again, 2009, like back then when I was telling, you know, my, my friends, my family that I was going to Indonesia, people were like, where is that on the map? <laughs> it's very <laughs> different. And there was a special time I'm very grateful that I got to go. Wow. It was kind of, that's, I guess I mean, kind of almost before sort of it became a really big kind of hotspot. So it were- was already happening. So we had like, we had everything, but it wasn't quite, I mean, I haven't been in a couple of years. I don't know if I can. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Have you been? I haven't. It's on the, it's on the list. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. on the list. I think you'd love it. The only thing is, is, you know, this is a, <laughs> my fiance is going to listen to this and he's going to be upset, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> has a really severe nut allergy. And so everything mm-hmm. that we it's like it's hard to avoid oh I see nut oils and things like that so when mm-hmm. I go I will be going by myself because I am sans peanut allergy so. which is also a really nice <laughs> yes. idea exactly and maybe hey that's my that's my way to go there your story is so amazing I just love it, it I like how it it has that theme I like just said, whatever you wanted yes totally yeah. You were just like sneaking all over the like all over the globe. It's like hopping from place to place and picking, meeting mentors and people who you're still friends with today, which I think is so interesting. And what about your first um, teacher in Costa Rica? Are you still connected with them? Yes, yes, she's a wonderful woman. She's based in Italy. She now has her own yoga studio, and um, yeah, we're still in touch. So most of my teachers. Um, that's beautiful. That's so nice. I'm just and I appreciate that. them so much. I think the, the student-teacher relationship is so... Yes. Yeah. Precious. Oh, it's so, it's so precious. And it's so, it's so beautiful just to stay in touch, I think, with teachers and mentors and then yes. sort of watch the evolution of that relationship. I think that's mm-hmm. so, so neat. Wow. Okay. So you're 2009. You're in... We're in, in Bali. You're in Bali. Okay. What There's, next? 
magical, magical, magical. Um, then there, of course, I found my next teacher, teachers, um, Jeffrey G, may you rest in peace, did my first uh, yoga teacher training. And I, I totally knew that I wasn't going to leave <laughs> because I, I really, I truly fell in love um, with the place. And then, of course, I did leave briefly. I went back to Costa Rica for a few months to live in a beach shack next to a karaoke bar. <laughs> Wow. Just teach yoga and meditate and drink coconuts. And it was, it was wonderful. Yeah, I miss it sometimes. It was very simple. And again, this was this was before Instagram, or maybe Instagram existed, but I definitely didn't have it. Yes. Um, so you know, in a way, it was such a pure experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that I was in the States for a bit, again studying with some of my teachers, and then I returned to Bali for two and a half-ish years wow. with some some breaks in between and some visa runs in between you know all, all of that jazz um, went back to india for a few months uh, somewhere in there again went to another ashram a different one this time it's also a very healing experience um that's also an addictive path and i just remembered that because i had a memory come up on facebook that it was um, a couple years ago I think you shared that. I think I saw that. Yes. The one that I saw with is just a bag full of books. And books. <laughs> I think that's when I left. That's that was me traveling. I think back from from India back to Bali. Yes. Maybe it was from KL. One of these places to another place. It gets a bit blurry because I was traveling all the time. Yeah. The, the, and I just had this huge bag of books. Like literally, I went to India with a a backpack with maybe two outfits that I would just wash every two days. <laughs> but I had like 20 books in there because I had a stopover in KL in yep. Malaysia. And you know me and, and I know you're the same. Oh, yeah. Over books. Yes, that's the most important travel quantity. <sighs> so important. And this was also before Kindle. Not that I have a Kindle. I still do the whole lugging books around with me. Good for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I went to Kale and just stocked up on like 20 books because also in Bali, you know, it being an island, it was difficult to, to find the exact ones I wanted. Um, yeah. And so I, I was just lugging them around with me and every border I crossed, you know, everyone would laugh at me. They're like, oh my God, ma'am, what do you have in your bag? <laughs> so heavy. Why is it so heavy? Um, well, you know. it's, you know, and all of these books. <laughs> Um, and what were you reading? What kind of things were you reading? I know now, and we'll get, we're going to get to this in a second, but a lot of you read a ton just on, um, the work about sort of topics and the work that you do and, you know, all of that. but what kind of, were you reading like novels? I'm so curious. I wish I could just. At the time? Yes. Uh, it's a bit embarrassing. I had all these random books with me. So I remember I was in Kale, this huge bookstore and um, that was also when I was, I started studying Japanese with my sensei and um, I didn't, I was very, very, very diligent in my studies. Is that the correct word? <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Nadia speaks um, approximately 22 different languages. So we're um, getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> um, and so I didn't want to, you know, um, lose my, my progress that I'd made. So I, I brought a bunch of my Japanese workbooks and, and then I got some more Japanese books when I was at the bookstore so I randomly carried those with me to India and wow. I always have some like very breezy you know just like entertaining 
things that I like to read in between. Yes. Because of course at the ashram it was also again like a rigorous schedule, yes. a lot of introspection, a lot of self-study, a lot of yoga philosophy. So then, you know, sometimes it's just nice to read. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you just want to come back to like a nice light, you know, psychological thriller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like that's exactly what I want to come back to at the end of the day. <laughs> just super breezy. Um, wow, I love you. I love your stories. So, and I just think you're so worldly. And I and it like you said too, like that theme of just seeking and kind of jumping around and all of these things. So then, really interesting, really oh. interesting that inner compass. Which I'm looking back now, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I really didn't overthink things, did I? No, you just did it. Yeah, and, and that's what I, I remember you saying this somewhere about kind of like, you, I think it was before you went to India and, and you were like telling your mom and she was like, what, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean I just knew, I knew I had to, and you know, it's so funny. Um, after, years after the fact, my astrologer, who's so wonderful and she also does astrophotography, mm -hmm. she completely confirmed like my entire itinerary. Um, Bali in particular and also India were just such healing places for me and really places of deep, deep inner work. Um, and on that same note, I know I'm making it sound very appealing and like, you know, paradise, but in fact, it was also really difficult at times, as I'm sure you can oh. imagine. And, you know, um, Bali in particular has a very powerful energy. Yes. Um, and... I always think for me and then also for a lot of my friends, I know that whatever would happen in your life over maybe a five-year period when you're in Bali, all of that stuff <laughs> happens in like three it's months. accelerated. Do you find it was accelerated? Yes, like triple speed, triple intensity. It, maybe it's, it's because of my astrological placements as well because it really was, it was intense. Wow. Um, but you know, it's, it's good. There's yeah. there's nowhere to hide. It's an, it, there's nowhere to go. Right. You're like I'm <laughs> you just have to face face yourself. Five pieces of lessons are like you know piling up, and I'm learning them all at once. And exactly. yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm dying, but like <laughs> this will make sense one day. It's fine. One day. Wow. And I'm sure anyone who's been to Bali probably can attest to that too. That's just what I've heard. So. You know, yeah. The energy there and it's different for everybody but that's so interesting I can actually just picture you kind of like listening to the next sort of place that you needed to be okay now I'm in Costa Rica and here I'm in Cuba or Bali or India and just kind of like following the um you know kind of which I think that cool. at some point in 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 uh, you know human life mm -hmm. I think it, whether it's travel or whatever it is I think that you know we all kind of have that experience in one another, you know, unhinged by, um, you know, outside opinion or what we should be doing. We're just kind of like following the inner compass, whether that's all over the world or, you know, so that is so cool. I love your story. Okay. So let's, let's, let's move forward yes. to kind of like, okay, so you're in Bali and then how did you sort of end up um, where you are today, doing the work that you're doing today, helping people all over the world reprogram subconscious and limiting beliefs. Take us there. Okay. Um, it actually started in Bali. It did. Okay. 10. And again, this was, this was, um, you know, I really was, as you were saying just now, I really was just following like my, 
I didn't, I wouldn't even call it intuition at the time. It was just like, oh, I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing that's calling me. And I remember being on my scooter with my friend Elsa from Australia, who I know is also going to listen to this, um, as is Vanessa, because they're the most supportive, amazing friends. Hi, Vanessa. Um, we love hi. you. <laughs> um, and we were on the scooter and just, just cruising around as we did. And, um, and we saw this, um, like a little poster. Yes. For, for this course um, that was dealing with the, the subconscious and, and also tons of other things, and, you know, tons of things. It was a lot. And, and, yes. um, and I made her stop the scooter and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> Just having no background in it whatsoever. Wow. And I signed up for it and that was my first, my first experience with that. And, but I will say, um, and then I ended up doing, you know, all the, then I, the, the next one and the next one, and the next one, they were all in Bali. Um, I will say that I think any work, I suppose, that we're doing in this realm is, um, I'm trying to think of the, the proper word in English. <laughs> um, I mean, stop pretending you don't speak German. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm trying to get really in your head. That's the word I'm trying to translate. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, it's it's um, it grows with you. Yes. As you grow and as you, I mean, of course, at the time I was like, yeah, I know everything, you know. <laughs> um, but as you grow in life, you get you get more of an understanding. And as you know, I I love researching. I love understanding things. And for me to be able to do something, I very much need both. I need that, my own experience on a more spiritual level maybe, but then I also need some hard facts and and, and some of the science behind it. And, and I will say that I probably did not have that at the point as much, um, which I think is why now where, you know, people like Bruce Lipton, mm-hmm. like Joe Dispenza are so, are doing such important work and such accessible work. Yes around that and around making it very understandable yes and um and really giving us giving us the facts behind mm-hmm. all of that and it's mm-hmm. slowly emerging um i think that's what i needed personally to get to this point now yep. where i can confidently do this and of course i'm still growing and it's you will forever be in pursuit and forever be learning more mm-hmm. um, to continue that theme of seeking i guess Yes, throughout your whole life, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> I guess most of us, though, right? Yes. Yeah. That's that's the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I think. Oh, what's the goal? Like, if we're not seeking, you know, what 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 do we yeah. do? <laughs> that the first time, or kind of your segue, I guess, into this work was from like a sign that you saw as you were scootering in Bali. It's just so, so randomly, yeah. so randomly, and I really, I'm still in awe at myself for just doing. You know, because today, like, if I want, if I do something, I'm like, okay, should I do this? Does this make sense? Yes. Um, I guess that really was me following my strategy and authority to use some human design terms. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And Nadia has a, for anyone who doesn't know this, I'm going to link this in the show notes, but you have a really cool, oh. <laughs> a 
like the best. And I only found this out that this was you. I was like, oh, this page is so cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is Nadia. Like I didn't even realize it. Who else would it be? <laughs> that was so true. It's so true. I was like, how could this is her? Uh, so I messaged you. I was like, oh, this was you. Anyway. You're too kind. <laughs> hilarious projector memes. And actually I was, um, I was, my fiance is a projector. Um, he's a Lenic projector and so every time you post a new movie, he follows you and he doesn't do social media and like oh. it's only one of the few sort of accounts that he follows I've got oh him my God. I've got him listen to this I've got him following strictly projectors just projector people who I know are projecting like, oh, I love that or Nadia like you'll follow her um, anyway <laughs> he loves your memes and I show him everyone and he's like oh my gosh that's so true I'm like I know she's a genius right anyway oh, so she has this amazing projector account <laughs> called projectors invited and I'm gonna link it in the show notes anyways thank you um, so much <laughs> I feel so recognized <laughs> yes. you do have you do tend to do that you're very good at that <laughs> yes I, I try it's important my projector people I have a lot I have a lot of projectors um I'm a generator and you know energy mm -hmm. energy being things um but uh I have I'm surrounded by projectors and manifestors I will say mm -hmm. um lots of projectors yeah Andrea yeah. wait is yeah. it is it Andrea or Andrea Andrea Andrea, Andrea. Andrea. <laughs> hi Andrea because you know one hi we love you because <laughs> you know on on Beverly Hills 90210 yeah. they say Andrea so yes. come in, which yes. is also how I learned English just referencing <laughs> but how do they pronounce this on 90210 actually you know what this is true um <laughs> But it's not 90210, it's, it was the show 24 with Jack yes. Bauer. Yep. That's how I learned English. Uh, are you serious? That's amazing. I'm serious. And so I had this very mediocre vocabulary. Yeah. Um, but when it came to spycraft, <laughs> all of a sudden I knew all the terms. Um, <laughs> but I can set up an unsanctioned interrogation at a CIA safe house. Wow. Like the best of them. <laughs> I mean, if you ever find yourself in that situation, you will be more than equipped to, you know, yeah. to, to communicate. I actually do think I'd be a good asset. <laughs> I think definitely my, my uh, field personnel applications. Yes, you would, you would excel. I'm sure you would. <laughs> uh, I would completely support that, that, uh, that, that mission. But, but it's funny, my mom will be the next life. Yeah, 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 exactly. My my mom will love this conversation because my mom's name is Andrea, and she's oh, right. she's always like the, the you know like Andrea Bocelli. Mm -hmm. She's always like, um, no, it's not Andrea, it's Andrea. Andrea. She has always. Which is also how our Andrea says it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, wait. Oh gosh. I'm gonna have to check with her after this. Andrea, just, no, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Andrea. Different pronunciations of that. <laughs> um, Our Kundalini goddess friend. That's just right. how I usually refer to her. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that's right. I don't even call her uh, Andrea. Now I don't know how to say her name. Yeah. I don't even call. Her, <laughs> I don't even call her Andrea. I just say, this. Uh, this is the goddess among us. Goddess of Kundalini and just all things amazing. All things. <laughs> Exactly. Um, <laughs> she's actually, she's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So. I can't wait. I was waiting. I'm waiting for her. It's going to be good. But she talks about, she, Andrea talks about quite a bit about um, subconscious. And this is kind of how before I found you and before we got connected, <laughs> she would always talk to me about you know, the subconscious mind from sort Love of the Lini perspective, which <laughs> I was just like, you know, would listen with 
I just could listen to her talk about it all day. So just like you, you both just find ways to, and I think that's so important of, you know, we have people in these guides and teachers and mm -hmm. people are communicating about these things around subconscious mind and reprogramming and limiting mm -hmm. beliefs and all these kinds of things. And I really like, I think that you do such a good job of, mm -hmm. um, breaking it down and making it so digestible and easy to understand. And you. yeah, you're so good at that. And so for someone who like, okay, so let's talk a little bit. So you should, let's talk a little bit about your work. Oh, yes. Yes. Give me, give me a, so let's talk about a little bit what you do now, how you, you I know you work with clients. Oh, all over the world. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me everything. Tell us everything. Okay. So yes, I work with people in their subconscious, which I mean, can you think of a more on-brand thing for Scorpio to do? Double no. Scorpio. I literally no. can't. Going no. into the depths, going into the, <laughs> into the shadow. In the into all the things. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite thing to do. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what I do. And here's how that works, or here's the background on that. Mm -hmm. And I'll try and, and be a little brief about this. Yeah. Because I feel like... You know, here's my thing. I, I talk about this all the time, so I feel like everyone knows this, but then I also, you know, you never know. Yes. So I, I will try and give a comprehensive That's okay. background. So we all have two minds, mm -hmm. one conscious, one subconscious. Um, our conscious mind is what we, you and I are using right now, just being present, talking. Mm -hmm. um, that's the part of, of um, that we use when, when we analyze, when we plan ahead. Um, also, interestingly, when we lie, mm. um, it takes conscious effort. Interesting. And then, yeah. And your subconscious is actually incapable of lying. Um, wow. So that. I didn't know that. That's a very cool fact. So we lie from the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, and then the subconscious mind, on the other hand, is basically the accumulation of the behaviors, beliefs, observations, experiences that we've had or made or internalized or seen modeled mm. when we were children. Mm. Um, and the reason that happens is, you know, because um, as young children, where our brain activities just very significantly differs from our brain state um, that we're in as adults. Mm -hmm. So very early childhood, we're predominantly in a delta brain state. And then a little later, we'll predominantly be in a theta um, brain state and that'll be roughly between ages two and six if I remember correctly okay and um, so that in particular is a very programmable state so to speak it's like we're in hypnosis mm. and the reason it's designed that way by nature is that you know in our early years we have a lot of stuff to learn <laughs> about being human and, and about being in the world so that allows us to essentially download very large chunks of information at a very high speed mm -hmm. um, because we're in that theta state that facilitates what's really basically like a direct download or implantation if that makes sense absolutely i can picture it as you're saying it right yes absolutely it's just like it's automatically kind of programmed or integrated mm -hmm. or absorbed and mm -hmm. i mean when you think about talking to a child like they take on what you do immediately. Immediately. So true that we're completely kind of before age seven, is that right? Yeah. We say age seven, uh, age seven. Okay. It always differs a little bit, but that's, um, at that age, we become less susceptible to receiving um, and downloading 
outside programming because then we're moving into an um, alpha brain state. Um, and then later, I think when we're 12 or something, we move into beta. And so then as adults, um, we've got the programming that we've taken on, um, but we're not necessarily receiving that much more because we're usually not in those states anymore where we're so receptive. Right. Um, and then here's the thing, and here's the reason that's even important. And I know that you know this, Emily, that mm-hmm. um, our subconscious minds govern 95% of our behavior. Yes. But that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's a lot. And then, you know, of course, our, our conscious minds, which is where we have an actual say in what we do, which is where, you know, there's, there's reasoning, yes. um, only drive our behavior 5% of the time. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> It's crazy. And, and I think, you know, wow, it's, it's insane. Like for, you know, for, for people, I know that this is becoming more, um, no. yes. about and people, which I think is fantastic, you know, yeah. that we're having kind of more of a, not only, you know, a conscious awareness, but mm-hmm. also kind of a subconscious awareness of what might be going on sort of, you know, below the surface as well. Mm-hmm. So for someone who is completely kind of new to this, um, yeah. concept or this conversation, around um you know that we kind of are the 95 percent and and the five percent and all that kind of stuff around programming and deconditioning what would some just for someone who's totally new and they have no idea you know they have they're operating out of a subconscious belief what would some examples of deep-seated sort of subconscious beliefs look like or that you've experienced in your work um there's so many different ways it can play out um but you know there are some very universal things that a lot of us have. Which yes. Is the belief that we're not worthy, mm-hmm. the belief that we can't trust ourselves, mm-hmm. um, or that we can't trust the universe, or maybe that, you know, the universe isn't a safe or a benevolent place to be in. Mm-hmm. So if that's the belief that you carry, and again, 95% of the time you're going to be operating based on that belief, and you don't right. have a say in that then that is a very stressful way to exist in the world because you're constantly feeling unsafe. Yes. Um, So, you know, one way to think of this is, okay, so we have, um, right, the way that it did it on Instagram, like with with this iceberg. um, I love that analogy. I love that analogy. I think it's brilliant. Thank you. So, and I think that really illustrates it well because it's really the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, sort of is um, the 5% where we're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, here we go, five-year plan. I desire nothing more than to attain success. But then yeah. 95%, you know, your subconscious is like, yeah, but that's not in the cards for you. That's yeah. not for you because that's what you learned as a kid. And this is just, um, you know, an example. This is not going to be the same for everyone. Yes. Um, but it's always that, that conscious goal and then the subconscious, if, if there's a limiting program, and that's the way sometimes there isn't, holding you back or just holding you confined to where you have learned to believe you belong, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so then a conscious mind, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there. It's going to be great. And then your subconscious mind is like, yeah, but it's not safe. Like, it's not safe to take up space. It's not safe yes. to be seen, but, yes. you know, depending on what you've learned. Um, and, and whether or not any of that is objectively true, mm-hmm. it has no bearing whatsoever on any of these scenarios. 
Yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, the subconscious mind doesn't know objective truth. Yes. Um, that it's really important to understand. There's no reasoning with your subconscious. There's no being rational. Mm -hmm. There's no sitting down. You know, sitting yourself down and going, "Hey, okay, hey, let's, let's do this." Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't know reason. All it knows is, you know, all of the experiences, the observations, and the, the behaviors and the patterns you've seen modeled when your subconscious was was formed and. And that then builds the basis of your own mm. program. Mm -hmm. So then once we realize that it's, it's ineffective to try and reason with yourself about, you know, the habits you're wanting to change or, or irrational behaviors you're exhibiting, sometimes it's not just right. habits. It's, it can also be things like having a really irrationally high stress response in reaction to, um, a situation that's not objectively all that stressful so you know a very common one is panicking going into exam situations mm -hmm. no amount of rationalizing or reasoning is going to make you not panic because mm -hmm. that comes from a, a more primal um you know part of your brain you, you don't you don't you don't get to access that just mm -hmm. by being reasonable um same thing with reading a book um, we're not the same thing, the opposite thing. You can read a book and what you're reading can make a ton of sense to you and really spark the desire to change yes. and to adopt, you know, some of these things. And we all know that. We're like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to change my life. My life has changed forever. <laughs> exactly. Um, but unless your subconscious is on board with that, right. it's going to be tricky because reading a book only affects your conscious mind. And again, conscious 5%. mind, 5% at the time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Wow. And that's, you know, that's really interesting because I find that, and I know we've talked about this a little bit before, mm -hmm. before we got on today, just about how I was telling you, you know, sometimes how I come up against this, even in my work when I'm working mm -hmm. with people kind of on a longer term, um, you know, basis and we'll continue to kind of bump up against the same sort mm -hmm. of um, belief or the same yeah. sort of, you know, sort of thing. And I, I really feel that the only way to, you know, and I'm sure you would agree with this, that, the, you know, when we continue to bump up against the same things over and over and over again, like you were talking about looping and looping and looping on the same thing or the same belief or the same fear or the same, um, you know, irrational. Self-sabotage. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think that people can really tire themselves out in that sort of, exactly. you know, we get exhausted just by yeah. looping through that over and over and frustrated. And so what would you say, I, I know we were talking about this a little bit about sort of this concept of, you know, feeling stuck. Um, mm -hmm. That's, I think that's something that I find uh, more and more people are not only experiencing, but they're saying um, whether or not they even know sort of what they're feeling stuck on. Um, yes. But what would you say, sort of how does that, that this sort of concept of, you know, feeling stuck or feeling like mm -hmm. we can't get past something or we just keep doing the same thing or the same pattern or the same whatever, how does that link in with your work and, and kind of deconditioning, reprogramming, etc.? Yes. Um, that, yes. Yes. Such a good question. Um, so I think when people experience the state of, of being stuck, I mean, what does that mean, right? They, they remain in the same place. They're yep. not moving. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's what it looks like. And right. by just the looks of it, one would think that, you know, they're just chilling, just accepting whatever's happening. Nothing's 
they're not moving forward, but in my experience or based on the people I've worked with, people are in fact doing the work. Yes. It's just not necessarily visible. Mm. Um, and again, that goes back to the conscious mind wanting to go somewhere or having a, a, a conscious goal. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with a lot of conscious effort, you may make some progress there, but if your subconscious doesn't support that destination, you either won't be moving much Yes. Or you might be, but then very soon you'll be back where you started. And then that's where the stuckness comes in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, very often, you know, people are feeling stuck or exhausted mm -hmm. because they're not just chilling, waiting for it to be over. They're actually expending tons of energy um, trying to get unstuck. Yes. But they're not moving. And, and the visual that comes to mind is that of a treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. Spending tons of your energy. And Running in place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And that, that is, I find, you know, when, when I sort of experience that or I have people sort of come to me in that, in that experience, like they are, they're just like, I'm exhausted. I don't know where yeah. to go next. You know, I, I've tried I, everything. Yeah, I've tried everything. Exactly. And I, that's one of the things that I wanted to say, you know, I know, um, you've had a lot of people who kind of come to you after trying sort of every modality, you know, um, they tried the, the Reiki, they've tried, you know, tarot cards, they've tried different forms of hypnosis or therapy or all these things. And it's a kind of, I know it's very common for you in your work where you can kind of make a ton of progress in, um, you know, over, over a period of time, of course, but yes, make a ton of really visible um, progress with, with your clients, which I just think is amazing. You know, what this progress or, or changes that they never um, you know, they have, haven't had any, uh, any real movement on in, in a long, in a long while. So that's, mm -hmm. this is, you know, this, why I think you, I love your work and I love the way that you talk about it. And I think, you know, personally, I think that everyone and anyone should work with Nadia, especially if you're experiencing some of these things that we're talking about, you know, if you feel like, like we said, where you're expending a ton of energy, you're mm -hmm. on the treadmill, you're running in place. Um, and, and there just is nothing really feels yeah blocked or you know stuck and nothing really feels like it's changing um i think you know i encourage you to to sort of look at you know first of all follow nadia if you're not already then what are you doing um on instagram but uh because she and you provide so much amazing content and information anyway thank you i could just you know are you making me feel so seen <laughs> That's something I appreciate, you know, one of the many things, but something yeah. I appreciate about you so much. You're so attentive. Yes. And so, like, you really just make people feel seen. Like, you know, sometimes I think, how lucky, <laughs> how lucky are the people in Emily's life? Oh, yes. Like, do they realize, you know, I mean, I know Rudy realizes. He's like, okay. thank God. <laughs> thank God this woman found me. At least I have him. Uh, this woman who can read my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To every whim. <laughs> yeah, <'cause> I, <laughs> he's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. Hold on, let me pause everything I'm doing. Exactly. I'm coming. Um, so, so yeah. So I think, you know, and, and, and I think it's anyone, like, again, like I said, anyone can benefit from this work. So if you're kind of experiencing some of the things that we're talking about, or if you're curious about um, how, you know, any any of the things that we talked about subconscious reprogramming and all that kind of good stuff it's i really recommend trying 
work with Nadia. Anyway, um, just plug, plug, plug. But, uh, but, but the, the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, and this is another thing that I, I, I find a lot in my work too, is um, when we have sort of also at the same time, you know, we might have, like you said, some of these universal uh, experiences of being worthy or mm -hmm. um, underappreciated or isolated or, um, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be, whatever the yeah. thing is. And, and one that I notice, and I've only just recently connected this to the, to, to sort of subconscious, um, beliefs programming is mm -hmm. around, um, intuition and, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, trusting, I think, self-trust, not only sort of self trust in self, but trust in the intuition and this whole concept of, you know, what's my intuition and what's my fear, or, you know, the, the or what's, the, what's the intuition voice or the fear voice sounds like, and how do I tell the difference? And when I mm -hmm. hear the intuition voice, how do I trust that voice? And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, or even, even go, taking it a step further than that, when people are sort of looking to de consciously develop their intuition and become mm -hmm. more in touch or in tune with it. So what would you say um, that, first of all, have you, have you had uh, people kind of come to you in, in your experience with, with these kinds of things mm -hmm. surrounding intuition and trust and things like that? And what has been your experience with this, your take on this? Where do you think it comes from, this sort of lack of... Um, uh, trust in mm -hmm. not only the self but the intuition. I love, love, love this question. I'm mm -hmm. so glad um, you're asking this, and and of course you would on this wonderful yeah. spirit theme to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would imagine um, that a lot of your listeners are also moving around in the sphere of you know wellness and healing and and the spiritual world. So hopefully um, mm -hmm. we can we can shed some light on that here because it is such an important thing i actually really just to talk about this so. Yay! um and you already touched on a lot of things mm -hmm. um i'd say two-part answer mm -hmm. first thing is just tons and tons and tons of limiting beliefs yeah. around it not being safe to have these abilities or to show them yeah. um, so much of what i see and this actually adds another layer um, to the conversation that we had previously where we said that the programming stems from ages, you know, zero to seven-ish. Yes. Um, that is true for a lot of the beliefs and programs we carry, but then there's also different layers of beliefs. And this is like advanced level. I don't usually go into this on podcasts, but let's, let's do it. Um, so there's also, you know, ways to inherit, so to speak, old agreements that previous generations have made and then they get passed down from generation to generation mm -hmm. or even through collective human consciousness so that would be things like oaths and, and vows and that is so common yeah. um, so to answer your first question I work with a ton of healers and you know when i say healers it's always it's not you know the elderly lady in her little mountain village it's like yes wellness entrepreneurs coaches mediums practitioners yeah. therapists Mm -hmm. astrologers right mm -hmm. anyone with a genuine desire to help people be truly well and this is so very prevalent in these circles um fear of being punished is yes. a big one yes i have that i have sometimes yeah. i have fears that someone's going to like come and arrest me or so like, really yes like that's that's something 
I want to be, you know, arrested or targeted by a serial killer, you know, like, yes, all of those kinds of, it's very, very, those are the things I think about when I'm falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very common, and I guess, you know, you, with, with your specific set of skills, you probably have more of an access to that, where you actually feel it, mm -hmm. um, or where you actually have an understanding of, of why you're feeling that way, I guess. For a lot of people, it's more of a blurry yes. it? it's less of, you know, mm -hmm. a, a very specific fear. But, um, you know, other very common beliefs that, that practitioners in the space hold are healers are mm. evil. Um, I must suffer to do this work. Wow. You can't be a healer and have boundaries at the same time. Wow. Um, another thing is vows of poverty, yeah. very common for females mm -hmm. in this space. Mm -hmm. um, I actually remember when I did my this very first uh, training that I talked to you about in Bali. Yes. Working with subconscious and all sorts of things. We tested for this. So um, we were a group of a lot of yoga teachers. Uh, sorry, was that my... <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. That's what, what happened. Uh, I just got an email. Okay, never mind. So we're, what was I saying? We were really in demand, everybody. <laughs> what was that? It said, you're highly in demand. Oh, it literally was a newsletter. Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep up the... <laughs> Let's just pretend, yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah, so we were a group of um, yoga teachers, a lot of us. Um, okay, this is it. Yes. <laughs> Another one. Um, an Ayurvedic doctor, um, all kinds of practitioners, and Emily, we all have them. Wow. We, I remember we holed up in someone's villa outside of Ubud for an entire weekend and we cleared all of that. Wow. And I mean, for me at the time, I was, what was I like 20, 21? I was like, no, I don't have, like, yeah. I don't think that I have to suffer to do this work. I'm like having the time of my life. Yes. But that stuff run is very, very deep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that is something to look at if, you know, people are experiencing any sort of fear of around their abilities yes. or, um, or very strong reactions of wanting to repress them at all costs, mm -hmm. things like that. Yep. Um, you know, it always differs for every person, but that's definitely a very common thing. Wow. Um, the other thing is a lot of healers who are connected with the fifth plane of existence can sometimes operate from fear and have programs around being attacked and, and being fearful. Yep. And then, um, and the second part, and you already touched on this beautifully, is like you said, a lack of trust in yep. one's own abilities. Yes. So whether that's psychic abilities, one's intuition, um, I keep repeating myself, but if this is you, then ask yourself, mm. what did you experience, observe, see modeled around this topic when you were a child? Yeah. Were you encouraged to follow what you intuitively knew or was that part of you repeatedly shot down? Yeah. Um, there are lots of layers to this, but trust in oneself, mm. one's abilities. Mm. And you know, for anyone in the wellness space in, in the validity of their gifts, yeah. of their services, that's a huge topic. I mean, I really work with a lot of people in this space and mm. we come up against a lot of things and you can work on one thing and then, you know, you feel like, okay, I've got this thing down. And then something else comes up. Um, 
one another thing where it often manifests itself is pressing yes. those, those gifts and actually accepting payment um, for for something that you maybe feel shameful accepting money for or guilty so guilt is a big one mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you see this all the time yes. as well it's very very common yes yeah just to be kind of you know paid properly for yes. their work and their you know the their abilities and their getting mm -hmm. all that yeah it's huge so wow I guess I I I knew that it was I I didn't real I mean of course we just everybody is just further affirms that you know everybody kind of not everybody but a lot of people who are in the space are sort of you know bumping up against the same kind mm -hmm. of piece, especially surrounding you know intuition yeah. And, and healing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it makes sense to me. I, I talk about this a lot too with my, um, some people that I work with longer term mentorship clients and things like that, how yeah. it's actually just become so natural for us to repress a psychic piece of information or an intuitive thought or thought form or feeling, or uh, it's more natural for us to just effortlessly repress it than it is yes. for us to kind of consciously pay attention to it, it which is crazy. Um, yes. But it's so true. And that's, that's part of the kind of the work that I do, just like, re, you know, allowing it to be safe to sort of let that in that intuitive information in and that you can trust it. Not only can you trust the information, well, the two go hand in hand, of course, you mm -hmm. can trust yourself and you can trust, you know, the, the piece of the information or the feeling or the, the whatever. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. this, that's why I think that, you know, you, this work, the you know the quote unquote the sort of the you know the the science and, the, and sort of the the spirituality and the intuition mm -hmm. merge so effortlessly and yeah. uh, and and blend so blend so well which is just you know the meeting of of the two worlds which I just think is fantastic mm -hmm. and um, something that I like to think that you know I keep it pretty. Uh, you know, not all completely esoteric all the time. I like to sort of look at the other side of things too, you know, and, uh, and be a little sort of pragmatic in that way. So I think that this is such a important conversation for um, so many people in the wellness space and the healing space who are working with intuition or, you know, working with their gifts or healers, um, you know, that first of all, just this validation that we're all kind of experiencing these different things. We all are. <laughs> which is so so comforting and, and it, it can often feel sometimes just like oh you know I'm the only one who um why is it so hard for me everyone else is like <laughs> yes exactly exactly mm -hmm. um so that's such a that's such a comforting and you know and and um and validating thought and and, and also too you know like if you're in the the sort of wellness healing space and you're coming up against some of these things that whether you know of them or not. And that was the other thing I was going to just touch on too. Like, would you say most people who are kind of coming to work with you that they already have a, there, obviously there's probably a mix of both, but would you say most people who are coming to work with you kind of already have an awareness surrounding what they're working through, happening. what's happening, or is it more sort of like, I'm, I don't know what this is, or I don't know why this keeps happening kind of thing. What would you say the not free, you know, to put you on the spot and make you put a number on. What would you say the ratio is between the two? Um, well, I mean, I have to say that, as I said, I work with a lot of people in this uh, wellness space. So my personal ratio with my clients is probably 
you know, just informed by that, I'd say 70% of people I work with have a good understanding, understanding. of what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, just because they already have been in this space for so long and, and are very educated when it comes to these things and yeah. have been working on themselves for a long time. Yes. Um, for a lot of people, working with me is not the first stop, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, as you said, they've, they've tried talk therapy or, or all the things. Mm -hmm. uh, which are, I think are all valid at different stages. Yes. And, um, you know, always a good idea to have something working on the conscious mind level mm -hmm. in addition to something working on the subconscious mind level. Yes. So once you've got the subconscious on board, then super amazing to do other things that also help you with your conscious desires. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it differs a little bit. Some people have, some people just know what's going wrong <laughs> and then we go from there so then it always requires a little bit of a different approach yeah um yeah also give people a little bit of homework before we actually meet for the first time or have our first um meeting just to get them as clear as possible mm. and then we go from there love that and, you know everyone has their own process and, and i think it's good to respect everyone's own um yes I like what you said too, just about getting like, I could, you know, I was like picturing that at the same time too, as you're kind of getting the conscious mind sort of set yeah. and on board as you're kind of doing the, the subconscious work as well. And yeah. I, I completely agree with you too, just like everything is at valid at different um, at different stages and, yes. and, and, you know, we might sort of do the, the subconscious work and then come back to talk therapy, mm -hmm. or, you know, we kind of, and that's and a thing. people doing it at the same time. Like yes. Yes. Whatever you need. Um, mm -hmm. and the other thing to know is also not everyone, not everything works for everyone. Yes. So okay. you know, different mm -hmm. things for different people at different times. Yes. Uh, again, goes back to intuition. You will know, yeah. you'll know what's right for you. That's it. And Full if it's not right, then you do something else. It's fine. Follow your inner compass. Yeah. Uh, that's a good, that's a good full circle moment. I think that's a good wonderful. To wrap yeah. up. So and it's it's 444 here. You're kidding. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, what better I'll take a screenshot. Yes. I, I can I couldn't think of a better time. Um, <laughs> to, to 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 wrap things up. That's <laughs> um thank you so much, Nadia, for coming on and sharing your really exquisite amazing mm -hmm. story and your travels and your adventures and also your deep uh knowledge your depth of knowledge and uh, just your beautifully articulated way of <sighs> things that can be complicated to know and understand so mm -hmm. i'm so grateful to have had you here and i know we'll probably you know we're, i'm gonna have you back on this is just this is just to be oh. so, thank you for being here and i'll talk to you soon thank you so much for having me again such such a pleasure and, and I feel so, so, so honored and Yay. really excited. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. It was so great to have you here. I love to hear your feedback. So if you have any thoughts or feelings from today's episode, feel free to share them with me over on Instagram. I hang out over there at Emily the Medium. Send me a message or share with your friends so that they can hear the message as well. Also, I would be so grateful if you could hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Um, it helps me get my message out to the world. And for that, I am grateful. So thank you, and I will talk to you guys soon.